God. So we're at it. Hey, look at me, man. I'm all hooded up. Yeah, you are. You hey, you, you working you. on that for someone else or uh, for you? Uh, uh. Just trying to be the loose llama today. Man, yep. Recovery continues on um, in spite of myself and the world around me at times, but I know where to go. You know, I know where to go to to get the uh, strength, energy, that um, the practice that keeps me here, present. Yeah, I've been uh, been looking into a piece of literature there, Awakening from the Daydream, and it was talking about the six realms. So just to get in briefly here, Lama, about the wheel and what it consists of, you know, for each realm. I know that there's a lot going on inside the realm, uh, the wheel of existence. Um, but if you could just hit us off with how it all doles out. Well, the, 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 the 12 links of dependent origination, um, the, outer, the outer part of the wheel, and um, as you go toward the center um, is the, the six realms, which is God, demigod, human, animal, um, hungry ghosts, and hell, the hell's realms. Those are the ones you want to avoid, the hell's realms. But those are the six realms of existence and and how you are in the, where you are depends on how you live in this life. Again, it's all, it's all keyed on rebirth um, and, and that's what we believe. And uh, actually, it's sort of funny, my kids, when I talked about rebirth when they were younger, they said I was going to be uh, I was going to be reborn as this mangy little Chihuahua-like dog in a native village with everybody chasing it with a knife and a fork, and uh, I don't know what realm that was. I think down in the hell realms, but but that's the the inner circle, and then the outer circle is the twelve links of dependent origination, and we can get on it uh, sometime. I'd recommend to everybody again David Nitschtern's book. Awakening from a daydream is is pretty cool. I like the hungry ghost realm. Yeah, yeah that's that's, that's one of that's, yeah. That's a solid day. You know, I always tell people that um, Christianity, Dante, can't hold a candle to the Buddhist hell realms. We got we got hell that makes it look like Disneyland for the rest of the world. Uh, but hungry ghosts, yeah, there's a, there's a great book called The Realm of the Hungry Ghosts. And it's about a uh, um, an addiction world in Vancouver, British Columbia, and uh, it's just a, it's a great thing. So, what are hungry ghosts? What do they look like? Well, as far as what I gather, what they look like is they uh, they have like rel- relatively human features, but their neck is extremely long and their bellies are are definitely uh, protruding from their stomachs. The stomach is protruding, and uh, no matter what can't get no satisfaction and just constantly wandering around trying to feed and feed and feed and never getting any real nourishment off of what they're feeding on. Desire. The world of desire. They desire to eat and have thirst quenched, but they have these teeny, teeny little mouths and long necks and anything they can get in their mouth to swallow burns the entire way down their throat. If, uh, if you put everything together to make life suck for somebody trying to be satisfied, the hungry ghosts are it. And you know what? I don't know about you, Mr. Metz, but the monk can remember 
that hell realm. For sure. Yeah, there's no there's no doubt I can remember and retain and you know, keep that stuff right up front, man. You know, it's it's one of those things where how quickly we forget, how quickly we go backwards. No matter the teeniness of the mouth, I don't know if that's a word, but teeniness of the mouth or the length of the neck, we still looked. We still wanted to be satisfied. We still had to use, um, no matter how painful it was. And I can remember there were many times where I, I'd use and I'd go, damn, <laughs> this isn't any fun. But I'm in this realm, you know, and if I want to do something about it, then I have to work at it to get out, which is what I was saying before, man. I just keep my, my battery charged and uh, when it starts to when it starts to get low, um, I go to that that great battery charger that my practice provides me. And thinking about it in today's terms, as far as being a hungry ghost, even if you're not in active addiction, what what do you think people anybody really would try to try to feed on? You know, while they're in recovery, but trying to get some satisfaction elsewhere. Whew. Well, I'm a I'm a celibate monk, so I only know certain things. But yeah, I mean, ego, ego. You know, I, I I don't have to put it in my mouth. I don't have to try to swallow it. All I have to do is think it and be susceptible to it. So my ego, um, just the everywhere. This is a world of desire. Yeah, it's the a world rush. of opportunity, man. Just working on getting that rush elsewhere other than drugs and alcohol. And I really think that's something that people might want to consider speaking up about if they're chasing something else now, not that they're not drinking or drugging, but they're a hungry ghost in other regards to other other things. And I know for, for myself, too, is like I'd much rather not have to talk about those things. But the bottom line is quality of life and the importance of having to talk about what we don't want to talk about. It's like no way around it, man. You're going to have to do it. And, and yeah, and, and if you, in recovery, you're presented with a lot of opportunities in the world around you if you pay attention, if you're awake, and just start making a list of the cool things in your life, and that's the list to go to if you desire, you know, if you're, if you're looking back on that relapse moment that you're just, you know, I really wish I could do up, I really wish I could have a, a drink or what. I go to I go to that that happy list and say you know what I'm gonna go on a hike uh, or I'm gonna go here and do that I'm not gonna go to a casino and gamble um, I'm not gonna buy a bunch of cigars well I'm not gonna buy <laughs> a bunch of yeah. cigars okay. what do you, so what do you do man where do you go I try to get other centered still I still try to think of who else could benefit from for me, not only not only them, but uh, myself benefit spending some time with somebody. You know, there's plenty to do around with the family and stuff like that or building a fire and, you know, making some s'mores like the other day with the kids. They were happy about it. It was simple and it was enough. Is that, can I ask an off-topic off question, is that Samoas or s'mores? Like, some like, mores. Some mores. Some mores. Feels like more, tastes like more, give me some more. There's that hungry ghost thing again. <laughs> didn't trigger. Yeah, did we didn't it? get Never. far from it, did we? Yeah, no, no, man. It's Never. always around. It's always around. Yeah. And then you know, kicking into the other realms, the animal realm and the and the human realm. What you know about those, Lama? Well, in the in the world of rebirth, um, 
You know, you get to, you don't get to pick your next time around if you believe in, in rebirth, which is Buddhist we do, or I do. And uh, it's based on karma. And, and how you live in this cycle determines really what realm you wind up in. Uh, everybody wants to go right to the top, of course. They want to be first. I want my fantasy football team to be, you know, what am I talking about fantasy football for? That's you. Um, you know, I want to be in the, in the God realm. Uh, I tend at my best to be in the demigod realm, and that's like the guy in second place. Um, second sucks. So, I, a quick story yeah. about second place. Hit me. Uh, I lived in Bocas del Toro, Panama for a number of years, as you know, and there were two jets that would fly into this little dinky airport. One was Jimmy Buffett's, and the other belonged to, getting ready for this, the second richest man in Argentina. Can you imagine what it's like to be the second richest man in Argentina? He found out Buffett's jet was bigger. When he came back, he had a bigger jet than Buffett, but he was still the second richest man. So in the demigod realm, you know, we can't be satisfied with being second. You know, we want to be first. And I know you're not that way. I've, I've you know, <laughs> I've watched you play sports. I know you're going to do volleyball and as soon as we wrap this one up today. And I know that it, the winning is not important to you. It's the competition, right? It's the competition. It's that it's that drive to uh, to really want to win at something and, and do well at I think that has its proper place, just like uh, second biggest jet, you know? I mean, that's pretty good. I, I, I think I would settle for that. But, you know, I was listening the other day to uh, to some talk radio, and I believe it was some famous person that was on talking about the relationships with their children and how they have problems with, with the relationships with their with their young ones because their house was so big that they didn't even really connect with one another. That like you, you have the biggest jet in the world, and yet you don't even have five good minutes to be close to that that loved one because you got you know all the amenities you could ever ask for. So sometimes when we get what we thought we wanted, man, that's a whole different story. And I you know I don't necessarily have a large house, but the house that I live in has got a lot of love in it. Hey, hey. I've been there. I know it. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 never my six plus is not the iPhone I want. Now, it was the iPhone I wanted before. And that's that hungry ghost realm that we just never satisfied. And, and you know, maybe sometimes we are, uh, but we always have another expectation that I'm satisfied with what I have. I, I'm satisfied. I really am satisfied with my life. Uh, but I have a Mercedes in mind that someday I would, I would drive um, it, it's just, it's the way it works. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way around it. And, and, you know, it's interesting to, to notice the state that we're in from time to time when certain days or environments roll around to us and certain times of those days where we find ourselves in, in all six of those realms at different times. You know, there's a, there's a great analogy about eating a bowl of ice cream and uh, what what a great book that's been so far! And do you uh, do you remember the author's name? David Nitzstern, um, Awakening from the Daydream, and it's a very it's it's a, a current um, 
dissertation on the wheel of experience, which is the entire universe and life uh, and existence for uh, Buddhists. And David was one of the original students of my guru, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, and was the uh, principal student for a while, and now he's the head of, uh, no plug here, but Shambhala International. He's like the primary teacher, but he gets it, and he knows what it's about. So I'm, I'm glad you really, you, you, this is sort of like monk training for you. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's that spiritual path, man, and and wanting to continue to grow. I know that standing still is not a good idea. At least it's harder to hit a moving target. Ooh, yeah. But we try to hit all the targets here on Radical, Radical Recovery, Recovery Radio. Radio. Ah, it's been a while. Sorry, folks. All I know several of you have uh, have written. And uh, said, you know, shout out. I'm listening to the previous episodes. When am I going to catch a freshie? And uh, got those freshies. We're freshies. We're back yeah. in it. And uh, winter's coming where we are. And uh, we're hunkering down. So you'll hear a lot of Mets and a monk here, here on Radical, Radical Recovery, Recovery Radio. Radio.